this flyover clip. Yeah, and so let, let's we're gonna kind of dive into. You say taken over. That's a good phrase, and a lot of countries are experiencing that. You know, things that that don't make sense, and uh, like like a deliberate demise of everything that that you would value. At the same time that you're doing that, we'll get into the who's and what's of that. I want to talk about the conversations, though, because saying if you've seen the movie uh, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, yes, you know, there's an interesting part of that because it's like, there's like, do you like my hair? And he's like, no, uh, you know, and she had the rubber bands in it and these kind of things. And it's like everybody related to that. And the reason it was a comedy, because comedy takes something that's real and just magnifies mm-hmm. it. And that's kind of what you were doing. So you had this, this military truth telling, mm-hmm. but yet kind of a comedic twist because that little bit of honey helps the pill go down and kind of magnification of it to where it's sarcastic. But you're you're not you're not just going on the street and just calling people names. No. If you're talking about an issue where somebody exceeds the size of the airplane seat and you're next to them or you know these things these are social dilemma issues that we're struggling with in a prosperous society that up until now it just weren't it wasn't an issue of somebody you know cuz it's easy to get along today really well without moving a whole lot and there's a lot of of food available, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, if you were hunter gatherers, you know, these things weren't problems. And so these are, but, but everybody sees it and they struggle and you were just put in a place where you would ask to comment on what was there. But, uh, yeah. And I would always, you know, I, I love to be on the road and I love to be on the pavement or on the sidewalk or on skid road. You know, it's where I feel like I belong is with the people I'm talking about or with. So I would always put my money where my mouth is and I'm sure you guys will be able to help. But, um, I did a program, a show called My Fat Story. So it's Katie Hopkins' My Fat Story. So as well as, your point is exactly right. You know, I can throw this stuff away as Tyler or, you know, a fat person, I said this mm-hmm. to her. But but the economic principles are very simple on obesity, you know, and there's uh, principles of, there's equality, but there's actually equity. It's not equitable to allow a fat person to fly on a flight with you and them not pay more. That isn't equitable, actually. So there's economic principles underlying my kind of arguments. But my fat story, um, and we can find the pictures, but I put on, um, so I put on four stone, so that would be uh, like 50 pounds, 53 pounds. Okay. We need the picture of me where I'm super, super fat and my gut is literally hanging over. Uh, not that not that one because that was one where they took Somebody me to just, the next yeah. level. Um, keep going and we'll find a picture of me at my fattest. I'm sat on a scales. Find out how you did it as well. Yeah, but basically I put on... I've um, done that by accident before, but yes. intentionally. I put on 40 pounds uh, just over on purpose yeah, in that red sweater is quite a good one. Yeah, that belly there with the red and white sweater. If you scroll down a touch there on the left-hand side, there's a naked one of that. But that's how big, <laughs> that's actually me. Uh, that isn't a fat suit. Um, so I how put, long did it take you to So I made a weight? deal. Yeah, well, I, I said I'll put 50 pounds. It was 56 in the end. I became morbidly obese. 56 pounds on in three months. In three months. Three 56, months. How? 56 pounds off in three months and no trainer, no dietitian, no gym, no finance, nothing but a pair of sneakers. So I wanted to prove to people that skinny people aren't lucky to be skinny. And I wanted to prove to people that even if you're ill, and bear in mind I still had epilepsy at this point, even if you're sick, you've got an issue, 
you can always do something about it. Wow. Which is actually an empowering and helpful message. It, it was done brilliant. You know, yeah. I don't want to say it's done brilliantly by me. I'm saying that we brought other people on yeah. who walked the journey with yeah. me. It was and? a very, it was awesome. It was wow. awesome. But before we get to the, the after, how did you do it? It was how, terrible. How did you gain the weight? Like, like, it was terrible. What was your routine? What did a day look like? It was awful. There was a lot of being ill. I thought you, you'd have to be sick. You'd just have to from, be very, very yeah. sick. Uh, so there was the physical side of it. So that would be five or you get up, eating when you're up, trying not to be sick, eating. I mean, it's disgust. what I did was disgusting. Mm-hmm. People always say, did, did you enjoy the eating bit? To get to that weight in three months, you have to do some disgusting amount of eating. Wow. I was in tears. But much more than that was the emotional side of it. Mm-hmm. So I... For the first time, I understood what it felt like to be really fat. Mm. And for the first time, I understood that I didn't want to go out and I didn't want people to see me. And I would be in tears when I had to put clothes on, which sounds a bit pathetic because you can say, oh, you're still not that big. But but when you've been smaller and mm-hmm. you're like that, you don't want to you don't want to leave your house. Mm-hmm. Putting on clothes is horrible. You feel horrible. You don't want to go anywhere. And for the first time, I was able to talk from the perspective of someone who understood. And it changed everything. Wow. And so that's why we were, I was able to bring, I think it was eight or nine people join me on my fat story. Uh, they set themselves little goals as well. And we walked together and they tried their best together and they lost weight. And many of them carried on my fat story afterwards and created a little club for people to help them lose wow. a few pounds. Wow. So it became an amazing thing. So, So my point rather was that I do try and, Put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not just his spouting off. Well, there, there, it, it, you, you don't make the comments without empathy towards the solution. No, I care. But you're in a world where they make Adele feel bad for getting in shape. In, mm-hmm. And we're up is down and down is up. Exactly. And, and, and I look back at pictures of me over my life and, you know, I'm like, wow. I, I look at the photo and I'm like, man, I've, I gained a lot of weight in that session. And I'm like, what was going on in my life? And I'm like, yes. oh. You know, I was crushing life in this area. I was dropping balls in this area. I was under tremendous stress. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm like, it's, it, it, there's reason. It's, yes. a, it's a reflection. It's a reflection exactly. of something going on. Exactly. And, and people say, you know, lazy people will say, Katie hates fat people. Mm-mm. I just know, I know personally, you feel better when you feel better about yourself. That isn't mm-hmm. about being thin and that isn't about being skinny. Mm-hmm. That is maybe losing three or four pounds. So you just feel a bit like, oh, I feel a bit better. Right. And I love that when people feel better. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to feel a bit better. And so that's actually the heart of where that came from. And when people say to me, I'm fat and happy, I, I say, oh, that's great. But I know that's not true. I know that if you lost three or four pounds, you'd feel even better. Mm-hmm. And I would like that, but I'm not trying to change. You want to be as fat as you want to be? It's not my business. I don't randomly hate fat people. I want people to feel a bit better. That's it. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.
Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. Decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and, and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.